From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this morning. Ole Miss basketball falls in Lexington 67-62 on Saturday. Had a uh, lead from a good, pretty good bit of the game. Couldn't capitalize on the Wildcats going, I think, two from 22 from three for, uh, for Saturday. So now they um, do drop that one after a three-game winning streak. Ole Miss baseball knocks off Louisville two out of three to begin the uh, 2020 season. Rebels lose on Friday night before back-ending the series Saturday and Sunday, 7-6 on Sunday to clinch it. And uh, they're now 5-0 and in home series under Mike Bianco against the number one team in the country. The last one prior to this was uh, 2015, I believe, is, uh, is is when that was. Maybe Florida, I forget. I had the list yesterday. I looked it up, but I don't recall. Anyway, 5-0. and They uh, have five games this week. They play Arkansas State on Tuesday. They play Alcorn State on Wednesday. Then they play Xavier in a three-game set over the weekend. So we'll talk about that. And more coming up on today's show, brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch specials, daiquiris, ribs, you know the drill by now. You also get great gas prices courtesy of the Speed Pass Plus out, the Mobile Rewards Program, and more. And you go next door to the Oxford Crystal, you know your uh, game ticket from the Pavilion is a coupon. 150 off a sack full or steamer pack there with the Oxford Crystal. And again, come to you in the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. And the rest is up to you. You can shop it around or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll love the service after the sale. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guest will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Uh, be a great place, I guess, is it tomorrow when Ole Miss plays at Missouri? I had to figure that out. Hadn't looked. Been a little out of it. Uh, Ole Miss and Missouri this week uh, in uh, Como. And then, uh, like Chase said, baseball this weekend. Ole Miss entertains Alabama on Saturday night. Be a good place to pregame at Rafters. And don't forget on Sunday, brunch begins at 1045. Homemade biscuits and chicken, waffles, uh, bluegrass music. And uh, famous $2 mimosas. And then go ahead and put it on your calendar, February the 25th. It's the Fat Tuesday party at Rafters. Celebrate New Orleans style with DJ Drum, Hurricanes, and Daiquiris at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Forget it. It's a holiday. Today is President's Day. Yep. Um, a lot of a lot of Mondays off this uh, this time of year. All kind of people and holidays and, and, and whatnot. I didn't know a part of the country called this Washington's Day. That's how it started. Oh, yeah? It was his birthday. Then Lincoln's is like a week before that, so they just like combined it all in together to President's Day. Yeah, I think Washington deserves his own day, but that's just me. Yeah, he uh, apparently he was born um, February 22nd. Abraham Lincoln was born February 12th. So it's a push together in, uh, in some states. I don't know why. Two fairly significant figures in American history. Yeah, it's George Washington Day in Virginia, and then it's Washington's birthday alone in Illinois, Iowa, Massachusetts, Michigan, Louisiana, and New York, apparently. So, 
the more you know. Seems like I remember that in Louisiana, but I might be dreaming it. Now that I say it, it's jogging a little bit. A little bit. Very significant figure in the country's history. Did you, um, did you ever relax a weekend? I did. I did. I just took my computer out of the bag for the first time since Friday morning when it came out of the bag for five minutes so that I could hit a publish button. And, uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I, I pretty much detached from the world of sports. In many ways, I detached from the world. It was kind of nice. I enjoyed the complete and total anonymity. I even enjoyed Friday night when people looked at me funny when I was sitting at a cocktail bar having cocktails by myself. No TVs, no nothing. It was great. Nobody looked at you funny. A couple of people looked at me like, what's your deal? No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Come on. I was the only single person in that place. Everything was couples or a big or big oh, party. about a Valentine's thing. Thank you, Well, Yeah, we're trying to work that out. Eventually, there'll be Thursday nights, but I don't know when that's starting. We haven't talked about it. Um, hand raise, guys. Uh, oh, thank you, Webb. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll play along a little bit on that one. I mean, it didn't bother me. It was fine. Just people looked at you like, what are you doing? Where were you at? Um, I was in Fayetteville. I was at, uh, oh, you were in Fayetteville? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what it, I didn't know if you went to one a, of the great suburbs. of No, the, no, no. I stayed in Fayetteville. We were, I was at a hotel that was basically in downtown Fayetteville, so I walked. It was good. Hung out with the girls a lot on Saturday, Saturday night. So it was fun. Had a good weekend. Got up and Caroline and I left. Uh, we left at 9.50 yesterday morning and got back at 3. So we made it. We did not stop one time. We made it back in five hours and ten minutes. It's pretty good. Fayetteville to Oxford. Yep. From downtown Fayetteville to my driveway. Right at five hours and ten minutes. Any restaurants to speak of or anything? Uh, Found a Mexican place that I'd never heard of that was really, really good. Um, I'll have to look to see the name of it. I was just kind of chilling. Had a Peloton in the hotel. Worked out. Ran some. It was good. This is a decent point by Ole Miss USMC from the live stream. Since kids get out of school today all over the country celebrating presidents that they couldn't put in the correct century. There's probably some truth to that. Probably a lot of truth to that. That's not on the kids. That's on us for the way we teach it. Don't blame the generation that's not taught. Exactly. I did, uh, I did, Leif. I did, Caroline and I, when we got into Fayetteville on Thursday, we uh, we went to Hugo's Thursday night. It was good. We were both starving. We both got a burger. It was great. Hugo's is good. Interesting little environment. And it reminds me of uh, the Blind Pig in Oxford a little bit. Webb also, we'll get to other stuff in a minute. Webb also asked, uh, any extra thoughts on the Astros? No one and I were just discussing the uh, the bang percentages, if you will, um, of each hitter. We talked about this on the, Thursday, I think. You and I didn't. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't. You sure? Positive. Okay. Might have been G-Pits. It wasn't me. I had not seen any of that bang percentage stuff until Brian Rippey gave it to me on Saturday. I'm almost positive we talked about it. I'll have to go back and look. It doesn't matter. Um, well, they cheated. Well, what was interesting about it is it looks like, to some extent, I know we Correa told the truth. I know we talked about it. Well, Correa told some truths. If you believe that Jose Altuve well, now rounding that's crap. third base. No, no, base, no, no, no. That, that's crap. That, that and, then, crap. and then the stuff about the tattoo, and then there's a picture of them in the summer of 2019, and he doesn't have a tattoo on the collarbone. Yeah, that, that was crap. 
I mean, that the reason they didn't pull his shirt off is because his wife told Carlos Correa's wife, come on, give me a break. I, I guess my point, and look, this is not this is not relieve anyone of any what should be punishment. I thought the numbers would be higher. That was it. When I saw the percentages, I went, hmm. But those are numbers of bangs. That doesn't include the numbers of times that there was no bang because that means fastball's coming. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, I know we talked about it because I said how many how, – They said it was G-pits, not Well, us. I said to you, though, I said, what was the percentage of pitches that you think a, a hitter gets a fastball? Yeah, but I didn't know any of these is my point. Yeah. I didn't know – like Altuve, 2.8%. I didn't know that. All, up to highest of you know George Springer playing a ton, getting 14.9%, that, that, that kind of thing. Which really means – It probably means he knew it was coming on half his pitches. Let's say fastball 60% of the time, yeah. 65% of the time, Mark plus Grace, the 14%. Former Cub, former Diamondback Mark Grace, who was a career 305 hitter, was asked this weekend, what would you have hit if you had known what was coming? He said 450. It's a really big deal. But it's amazing to me the number of people that are out there with the whole, oh, you know, everybody cheats. The Astros just got caught. They don't think it it's boggles my mind, really. Or that their fandom is so strong that they're like, I really don't care. I, I would be so disappointed if I found out that the Cubs cheated in 2016 to win a title. It would ruin it for me. It, it might ruin my fandom for good. It would be so incredibly disappointing. It would completely take that away. The memories, all of it, it would spoil all of it. I'm shocked that there's not and there's more probably something utter to, outrage. There's probably something to cheating where there's a competitive advantage because while, look, I'm not condoning, like Bounty Gate with the Saints didn't really change my blood pressure. I was kind of like, ah, whatever. No. It's great. Because that was just kind of creepy, yeah, but it didn't like, change right. anything. No. It didn't change how they won or if they won. Right. It was creepy, and people got got punished for it because you can't do that. You can't say, hey, we're going to put a bounty system on players. If you hurt this player, you get a, a bonus. No, of course not. Yeah. And Sean Payton was suspended a season. Was. I mean, there was, there was to the NFL's credit, there was swift action. Yeah, Manfred, good grief. This is awful. Well, like you were saying yesterday, hey, public, public humiliation is really the worst thing that can happen. That, that, that's what's good about this. It's like, oh, my God. No, you should strip the title. Absolutely should strip the title. Manfred's problem is that three years ago, he knew about this. People were complaining. I mean, that's what Trevor Bauer has been as outspoken as he has. He says, I've been saying this for three years, and people questioned my character. I said it was happening. Turns out that series, when the White Sox discovered it, they told MLB, hey, here's what exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And MLB said, well, we don't care. We don't want to get involved in that. They're making money. And so now you have this deal where the the season's starting and Major League Baseball's trying to tell the players, hey, A, you need to shut up, and B, nobody needs to throw at any Astros, and the players are going, nah, we're we're good. We're going to do what we do. We're going to talk, and we're probably going to throw at people. And Manfred needs to step in and do the right thing and punish players. But it's too late now, I suppose. Yeah, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I mean, even as of recently as the the comments yesterday – one second. So, 
Baseball season underway. Ole Miss again, two out of three against Louisville. Uh, did I, I felt like the correct team won all three games. Um, I, I thought Louisville played better on Friday night. They won. I thought Ole Miss played better on Saturday. I thought Ole Miss played better on Sunday. Um, the Cardinals are going to win a ton of baseball games. The Cardinals probably have at least arguably the best starting pitching in the country. With Reed Detmers on Friday, I think D1 Baseball has him ranked second. He's the best left-hander in the country. And then uh, Saturday, Bobby Miller was just kind of okay. Um, on Sunday, Luke Smith is one of the top five Sunday starters in the country. Um, one of the top senior signs when the year is over. I was talking to Aaron Fitt about that. He was in town for Ole Miss and Louisville all three games this weekend. Um, look, Ole Miss showed really well with the newcomers. We'll get into a little bit of it. I'll write a lot of it later today as well. But – I think Mike had a good point yesterday. I was talking to Mike after the game, and he said, you know, I get how the football guys and the newcomers and the number two signing class is the thing everybody wants to talk about, but it's still the veterans that make this thing go. If they don't play well, nothing else really matters. And I thought I thought that veteran group really had a good weekend for the most part. They contributed in the ways they needed to contribute, and they, they were stable, stable and solid enough to kind of let the freshmen have a couple moments, even though they played really well. Um, so this is this is still going to be about what Anthony Servideo does and Doug Nikhazy does and Gunnar Hoagland does and Tyler Keenan does. And even Tim Elko, if he can take a step and be an everyday player. So I, I thought that all those guys had really good weekends to start. Um, it's kind of composure up and down the, the, the roster. And I'll tell you, if you're Ole Miss, it's one weekend. Again, one weekend and Ole Miss – Ole Miss historically does really well in these marquee series earlier in the year for whatever reason. They typically win them. They beat TCU a few years ago. They they, they do this. Um, but they had a little edge about them yesterday. Louisville, we talked about this last week, is, is an edgy team. They want to try to get you out of their rhythm. They want to mess with you a little bit. And I thought Ole Miss was able to set tempo for most of the weekend. And I, I think that's critical moving forward because if you can set tempo against a team like Louisville – that's a really big deal. That, that that shows that you can dictate that against a lot of teams throughout the season as long as you play well. And it's the main thing I'm going to write today. I think a lot of credit to that is to, to, to Hayden Dunhurst, the freshman catcher. Um, he was not very good offensively. He uh, he didn't he did not have a hit over the weekend. I, I thought he pressed offensively. I thought he he tried to do too much. He'll be fine. He was good in inner squads. He'll hit. Um, didn't necessarily receive that well. Had some balls pop off his mitt. Um, dropped the ball in the first inning yesterday that gave Louisville a one nothing lead on a rundown, um, which there was a couple different issues with that rundown, but nonetheless. Um, Louisville took a lead right there. But his throwing ability, Louisville, a team that runs like crazy, did not steal a base all, 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 all weekend. The game ended yesterday on a strike him out, throw him out. He, they, they worked a pickoff. He had a couple of the guys he threw out to the point of Louisville just stopped. They didn't run on him. We're talking about a true freshman in his first series with a team that does run a lot, I thought that was maybe the most critical sign of the weekend because it shows you that if Louisville's not running on him, probably nobody else is going to run on him either. And if that's the case and you can create opponents to go station to station, it makes things a whole hell of a lot easier on your pitchers all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see the series, so it's hard for me to comment on any individual players. But just in general, if you look at throughout baseball, just take professional baseball, teams that have elite defensive catchers, uh, there's a reason that they make a ton of money and no one cares if they hit or not. <laughs> um, and he's gonna hit, but but it doesn't matter if you shut down the yeah. running game. He doesn't have to hit. I mean, he really doesn't have to hit. If you're going to shut down a running game and you're going to take that away from a college baseball team that typically run a lot because catchers are typically pedestrian at the college level, you're going to run a lot. You're probably going to steal seventy something percent of your attempts. You're going to be successful if you take that away from a team take away aggressive leads and all those kinds of things, it doesn't matter whether he hits or not. 
Yeah, on the weekend, Louisville got picked off once and then went 0 for 3 on stolen bases. That was it. So took it away from them. Yeah. Took that out of their arsenal. That's probably something that they and most top college baseball teams do because, again, most college catchers are – You can run on catchers. And, frankly, pitchers don't hold runners very well. Yeah. You know, everybody always blames the catcher. A lot of times the thing thing's stolen on the pitcher. But most elite high school catchers get drafted so quickly that they, they, they go pro. So the fact that you have a, an elite defensive catcher at the college level is a game changer. I wouldn't think his – obviously, I didn't see a single swing, so I don't know. Maybe his swing – was I mean maybe it was cartoonishly bad. I have no it clue. Wasn't. No, he's fine. I mean, just, I, I I doubt if he had a couple of balls. Hard, it's three games. I mean, no, I, I doubt if that's any any concern for them at all. And yeah, I don't think Mike woke up this morning worried about Peyton Dunhurst offensively. It'll it'll be okay. Probably was nervous. I was certainly nervous. You know, which probably affects his receiving some. But if your arm shuts down games, if it. You can you can make a lot of money in, in baseball as a catcher and not hit much at all. Because the flip side is if you're a, an offensive-minded catcher in today's game, you better be damn – I mean, damn good offensively. Or they're going to yeah. move you to another position. They're going to – they, you can't have that. You've got to have a, a receiver back there whose arm takes away running games. Can't get too far down before we talk about Anthony Servideo, a guy that's waited his turn to play shortstop behind Drake, Greg Kessinger for a couple of years. You could argue probably the maybe the, the, a better defensive shortstop than Gray throughout his career, but Gray was there. Servideo could play outfield. They moved him around. It is what it is. Was really good defensively other than the error in the ninth inning that could have been really, really critical yesterday. Um, but offensively in the leadoff spot, just set the tone all weekend. He, um, he was five for ten. He hit a double. He hit a home run. He uh, he had, let's see, had it up in front of me. Walked three times and got hit by a pitch. So he reached base nine times over the weekend. He won fifteen forty three OPS. That'll typically play over the course of three games. He he was their spark plug. He was incredible. He got them started in the fifth inning against Detmers. And I I thought Friday night, if you want to encompass one player on the weekend, you go, hey, what's sustainable after one weekend? It was Friday night with Detmers and Servideo because. To my Detmers, who's got this just hellacious breaking ball, and it gets left-handers, that thing's diving and coming down, and it, it, it's hell. Um, got a really heavy fastball in there, 90 to 92. It's not overpowering, but it gets in on you really quickly. And Servideo worked a walk against Detmers, laying off laying off two strike curveballs twice that were really good pitches, didn't swing at them. He had a fastball. He hit a breaking ball up that Detmers had elevated and hung a little bit. I, I just – I thought everything he did over the course of the weekend is something that is fairly not hitting 500, but very sustainable over the course of series. And maybe he's that guy for Ole Miss that's going to dictate things offensively because I think we came into the year not really knowing that, and we still don't. It's only three games, but I I thought that played really well for the most part for uh, for them at the plate with Servideo. Um, on the mound, I've got bullpen questions, but they look like a team that lost one of their top relievers two weeks ago and is trying to figure it out. That's what's going on with them right now. Uh, in the bullpen, they made in large it work. part because they lost a reliever. Two yeah, they weeks lost ago. Tyler Myers, That's Tommy John, yeah. and yeah, it's. I, and, and frankly, so everybody's roles changes. Yeah, in Mike's worst managerial decision of the weekend, it was not leaving or pulling the Casey on Friday night. It was Taylor Broadway on Friday night. They were down two. Louisville was about to add on, and they let Broadway go too long, which used him up for the weekend when they really could have used him yesterday. Had you had you not gone to Broadway that early when you didn't have a lead or 
gotten him out of there once the game kind of dictated in Louisville's fashion. Instead, he throws 56 pitches on Friday night, and he was not available yesterday, and that, that created some issues because it would really would have been helpful had he been around yesterday. I, I thought that was Mike's worst decision. But for the most part, the pitching, really good. Uh, Nikhazy was fine. He just got outdueled by Detmers. It is what it is. It'll be all right. And that's going to happen on Friday night some. And that's where you are when – I think Nikhazy is a Detmers-type guy next year. He's just not there yet. He's still progressing, still getting there. Um, Hoagland gave you exactly what you want out of him on Saturday. The, the mechanics are tons better. The mechanics are very um, um, consistent. Um, I, I think it's something that he can repeat over and over and over again. The fastball was better, had a little more life. He located it well. The curveball's always been pretty good. I, I, I thought Hoagland really gave you good signs on Saturday as far as what he's capable of. And you could see glimpses of why he was a first-round pick um, coming out of high school. So he he looks more mature. And then Derek Diamond played well yesterday. He, uh, he goes 5.2 innings. He only walked one guy. I thought, though, composure was the big deal. Because on those Sunday games sometimes, if you don't have a pitcher in there that's kind of composed because Sundays get stupid and offensive, it unravels on you quickly. And he should have gotten out of the first inning. They screw up the rundown. He's got to keep pitching. He settled in. He retired, I think, nine or ten in a row, maybe 11 in a row at one point after that. And that let Ole Miss kind of breathe a little bit and, and, and get into the game as well. So I, I thought Diamond was really good yesterday. I, I thought that all starting pitchers, there's no issues whatsoever. Um, Wes Burton was really good out of the bullpen yesterday. I know he made he paid pitching ninja like four times because he screams at himself like Max Scherzer does. Thought he was going to be a starter. He he was the fourth starter. Yeah, yeah, he was the guy that they weren't whatever about. But see, they're in a little bit of a weird spot here. Um, now, I actually hit that after the break, but a couple different uh, things. Greer Holston will start, kind of plays into that. Greer Holston will start on Tuesday. They're trying to figure out where to use him. Greer looks like his sophomore self. He looks good. He looks back. But nobody's exactly sure yet what to what to do with him. I mean, I, I, if the starters will do what they did over the weekend, I think maybe you try to leverage him into a, a, a bullpen role where you use him whenever you need him critically throughout the weekend. I, I think that might be the starting spot. But Mike's going to ease him in. He's going to start against Arkansas State on, on Tuesday and kind of see where it goes. So we'll talk about roles a little bit in a second. But we do that to tell you about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soak County, and Chattanooga. Underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting. Understand your market. A leader in condo financing, a float down option, and with rates as low as they've been in a really long time. Good time to talk to Jason. That's 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Our friends at Blue Delta Jeans are excited to announce that they're now taking orders on the return of duck canvas. Longtime Blue Delta Jeans clients will remember this durable, long-lasting fabric. It'll be back in stock by popular demand very soon in canyon brown, green, gray, and navy. At 10.5 ounces, this Georgia milled fabric will provide you with the ultimate American-made pant that is nearly unbreakable. For more information or to place your orders today, visit BlueDeltaJeans.com or reach out to Blue Delta Jeans on social media at Blue Delta Jeans. Uh, we're also brought to you by the Iron Horse Grill. Uh, Iron Horse Grill specializes in on-site large event catering for up to 250 people and uh, off-site and off-site full catering services, especially beverage catering. If you're planning a birthday party, a graduation celebration, a rehearsal dinner, or a wedding reception, you want to be able to enjoy the moment. The Iron Horse Grill is your answer. It's a one-stop shop for beverage services for a 250- to 500-person wedding or even a 3,500-person gala. The Iron Horse Grill is one of the largest beverage caterers in Mississippi. It can service the entire state. So call Sarah Black at 601 398 
888-888-0151 for your catering needs. Knock that off your worry list and let the Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen and Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12-month no interest, no down payment financing is available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Splinter Creek. It's a gated conservation community located 8 miles southwest of Oxford, 75 minutes from the Memphis airport. SplinterCreekMS.com is the website. Call 601-898-2772 to schedule a tour with Tom Smith Land and Home Agents today. It's absolutely fantastic property. If you're thinking about moving to Oxford, thinking about retiring in Oxford, you check it out. 34 lakefront lots ranging in size from 2 to 25 acres, 650 acres of lakes, pine, and hardwood forest, 6 miles of private roads, well-maintained running, cycling, and hiking trails, a preserve for turkey and deer, a flyway for birds, home to bald eagles, absolutely gorgeous land. Check it out. SplinterCreekMS.com, 601-898-2772. Podcast is brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com and go to the events page, see what's going on in town. They also have stay, eat, do, and see tabs as well, depending on whatever it is in uh, in town locally that you want to take advantage of. Again, we got baseball, you got the League of Women Voters, North Mississippi at the Lyric, you've got a lot of stuff. You got cuisine tasting at the SIP this week, uh, you got the ballet coming to town on uh, on, on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, as, Tuesday, Tuesday night as, uh, as well. So check it out. Calendar events there on visitoxfordms.com slash events. Um, so, yeah, Wes Burton came out of the pen yesterday, retired the first seven that he faced. He got them out of the sixth. He threw a scoreless seventh. He threw a scoreless eighth. He walked the leadoff batter in the ninth on four pitches. Um, they brought in Max Chofi, who did an okay job, got it done. Uh I would have left Burton in one more batter to see what it looked like, I think. You're up you're up three at that point. That one run's not going to hurt you either way. Fastball was good. Um, it's pretty lively. Like I said, he uh, I asked him after the game. I said, "What what what are you doing talking to yourself there?" And he goes, "Well, sometimes you just have to go to a dark place." Um, so okay, fair enough. He uh, he was a little worried about the TV cameras catching exactly what he was saying. He wanted to see a replay of it, but otherwise, I don't think anybody's gonna be uh, be upset at him. He uh, but he I, I thought he was fairly dominant at times. You want to be honest? I, I you know it's 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 he's six foot eight. It's coming. Big time downhill. It's it's a it's it's a beast to hit if he's on, and uh, you can use him in several roles. He threw five innings in the last inner squad. He can stretch out a little bit. Obviously, like I said, threw two point one in relief was still fine. I thought he looked so good that Mike might have shifted his plans a little bit. And I'm still curious who he throws on Wednesday against Alcorn State because it's a game you're going to win. So who do you want to see? My hunch would be Drew McDaniel, a top fifty baseball America prospect out of high school that has not pitched yet. Um, so I would assume Holston on Tuesday, McDaniel on Wednesday, and then let Burton potentially be a bullpen guy again. Um, but yeah, I, Holston's the key here. With Myers out, they've got to figure out how to correctly use Greer Holston. And in a perfect world, that's not on a, as a midweek starter. It's just let's get him acclimated this week and then figure out where to put him. I think is more of the more of the goal for Mike because 
because Holston's got experience. He's got the stuff. I mean, he's he he could potentially become a draft guy again if he has a good season. So they they have options. And in some ways, I mean, obviously, if it had worked out where he helped you win another game in Fayetteville last year, great. But on the whole, that might have been a gift last year because Greer Holston on this team versus Greer Holston not on this team may be a really big difference. Again, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. So the, the challenge – just based on what you're hearing, is going to be figuring out the midweeks. Midweeks got him in trouble last year, if I recall correctly. Yeah, didn't play well on him. And um, the other problem he's going to have is he's probably – Mike's not a coach to concede. His Fridays, if you're down, you know, three to one to Vanderbilt in the seventh and, and, dude's, rocker, and it's, dude's it's, cruising – and it's time to go to your Don't pen. lose Saturday because of it, yeah. He's going to have to do something that's not really in his DNA, and that's occasionally wave the white flag and wait for a wait for another day. And that's not he, he's not wired that way mm-hmm. after how many how many years did he coach at McNeese? I mean, he's three. 23 years as a head coach. It's yep. it's pretty hardwired one way to to chase the W all the way to the end. And so he probably he probably has to do some self scouting after after Friday, given what you said. If he, you know, if you look at it and go, "Hey, we're probably not going to get this one," I don't know that he's wired to think that way. Yeah, and I and I think he knew what he did Friday night because I I asked him. Um, I said, "Hey, I said I don't really remember Broadway throwing a couple times on a weekend last year. Is he done? Like, what's his situation?" And he he kind of tilted his head and went like, "Yeah, eh, eh, yeah. yeah, it probably wasn't the whatever." Um, well, it was his first weekend of the season too. He's got a. He probably had a. He had a plan. He had a and plan, he, and the plan gets gets thrown off, and you have to adjust. And well, because in your mind, you got Detmers out of there, so it's hey, can we just hit Louisville's bullpen? We're only down two. Do we just hold sure. on and hold on and hold on and I hold get it. on? And they couldn't get to Adam Elliott either, and it 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 ran out of time on them. It yeah. is what it is. And then Louisville added on in the eighth or whatever inning it was, maybe the ninth. I don't remember, and that was the game. Um, the freshman right now are sky high with confidence. They're guys who have always been the best player on the field, and they beat the number one ranked team in the country the first weekend. They had a kind of an edginess about them, I thought. I thought the newcomers showed a lot of grit. I thought they played with energy and emotion. And the goal is going to be to keep that when you get popped in the mouth now. You know, mm-hmm. You're going to get hit a little bit. You're going to have rough weekends. It is what it is. Somebody's going to wear you out. So keep that edge. I thought they won the series maybe because of that edge last yeah, over the weekend because – like I said, when you can dictate against the Louisville, I, I thought that was a big deal. Um, even you saw how the game ended yesterday. They get to strike them out, throw them out. Chetney spikes the baseball. May or may not have said something to the Louisville runner leaving the field. He was kind of at the runner and at their video, and I'm still kind of shaky on which one he was actually screaming at because there were some words back and forth there late in the year, or late in the late in the game um, yesterday. And that's going to come out when you're when, when you're playing them. It just is what it is. Um, but I, I thought everybody was. The correct amount of juice. You can be too juiced in baseball because then you just start losing focus. And it's it's all opening weekend. I mean, if you're doing it all weekend against Xavier, too, you might be – Calm down a little bit. Well, you might be. Well, the, you're not going to have the same crowd. Right. Might, my point is is you might be running the risk of, of using up your energy in February and March. You can't play – you can't play a baseball season that way. But you can play opening weekend that way with the, all the emotion and the people there and all that stuff. Question, okay. question on the live stream. There's no difference to the replay system, but oh my God, that took too long over the weekend. There were two two plays of just whether or not a guy was tagged out at second base that I bet the combined replays were 11 or 12 minutes yeah, yesterday. It's got to be a faster way. 
because it, it's that, well, it's a little quicker than SEC play because stuff goes back to Birmingham. There's a station. Hey, here's the call. We move on. It's the umpires looking at it themselves here. If it's debatable, leave the call as right. is. The purpose is not to go down and then reevaluate everything. That's also what's kind of bugging me here. It's did I get the call right? And if I can't see it, then the call's on the field. Okay, let's move on. Let's solve egregious issues. Right. Because like I think they missed the call on Ole Miss yesterday. But I have more of a problem with even reviewing it to begin with because what happened when Hayden Leatherwood, who, by the way, should play, he had two hits yesterday and his only two at-bats and was really good in his only appearance of the weekend. He doubles off the wall, pop-up slides, comes off the bag. I'm sorry, that was the Louisville kid that did this. Leatherwood just came off the bag and got tagged out. The Louisville kid does a pop-up slide and was tagged as he's popping up. Well, he got to the base – but I'm sure if you really slowed it down that the glove was on him during the pop-up slide. I don't really know where I fall on that because I get, hey, really, let's be technical. I know where I fall But at I the end of the day, it. it's it's just... The, the Cubs won a division series on one of those plays, and I didn't like it at the time, believe it or not. I, I think the spirit of the rule... Did you get to the bag and at least mostly stay on it? Yeah. I mean... I don't like that part of replay at the major league level, and I can't imagine how much I would hate it at the college level where the replay's worse and the people are slower. If you get to the bag, in the process of standing up, for a split second, your body leaves the bag yeah, yeah, and yeah. the tag stays on you. I don't like that call. Yeah. I don't like it when it helps my team. I don't like it when it hurts my team. I think it's dumb. Yeah, that was the review, was whether the glove stayed on him during the pop-up. Yeah, I, I don't like that rule. You got there. You either beat it or you didn't. And yeah. if you're off for a split second because physically you moved, I don't I don't yeah, care. It's not Little League where it's like, hey, slide into the bag and just stay there until we call time. Yeah, and I get it if you overslide the bag and you go past the bag and your foot well, that's leaves what Leather, the bag. Leatherwood basically was celebrating the double and his momentum took him off the bag toward third base. Okay. Yeah. I mean, now I still don't know if there was a clear view to overturn it, but whatever. It's fine. Um, but I don't, I don't like the nitpick review. At all, I, I I don't mind when they fix a call that they just missed, and they're umpires, they're officials, they're going to miss calls. Humans it happens. Fix that. I don't I don't like the microscopic stuff that takes, you know, CSI Oxford to figure it out. I, I don't that I don't. To me, that's just adding fifteen minutes to a game that doesn't need fifteen it minutes. It took so long. It's so ridiculous. Long. Well, it screws up pitchers. It wasn't necessarily warm yesterday. Pitchers trying to figure out how to stay loose during five or six minutes in the middle of an inning. I mean, it, it just it's weird. Yeah, it's that's that's happened. I don't know. They've actually gotten better about that at the major league level with the challenges. I was impressed that Ole Miss offensively didn't let Luke Smith get in their head yesterday because he's he's the kid that cussed Vanderbilt during the World Series last yep. year. And he's 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 flamboyant out there. It's a lot of movement, a lot of lot of talking to himself, talking to other people, a lot of reactionary hands throwing and sure. stuff. It can, I mean, I almost wonder a little bit if that's kind of what it, he's trying probably to screw you up with his whatever. And he, well, it might yeah. be like the kid for Ole Miss. I mean, I don't know. It might just be that's yeah. who he is. Without an edge, he's no good. Yeah, that just has he has to be. I mean, there are, there are people that have to play angry. Yeah. And he's good. And so, you know, you find something that triggers you pretty quick and go do your thing. I have a hard time doing that at the big league level. Yeah. Over a six-month season, but 
Louisville uh, without two of its best players. One was hurt already before the weekend. One got injured in Saturday's game. Um, going to be out for a month. He broke his handmate bone. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's four to six weeks. Yeah, um, Dan was pretty sure after the game that's what it was, and then they confirmed it on Sunday. It is that. So he'll 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 return somewhere around week three or four of ACC play. I would assume at this point. Um, but you know, the wins are still going to count. They're going to go on the resume. They, they didn't fire Dan they on his way back. Dan. Um, no, I think Dan Dan seemed fine. I saw Dan after Sunday's game. He was okay. He was okay. Yeah. Um, tell you what it does for Ole Miss. One weekend, it's a great resume builder. Louisville's going to win forty five games in the regular season. Uh, what it does is I don't still know. We don't know what this Ole Miss team is, but whatever their SEC record is, this is that one extra feather that's going to help them in sure. whatever way that is. Of course, I don't know. But if they're you know if they get to fourteen and it's iffy, they're in. If they get to fifteen, they're in. If you get to sixteen, it's hey, should they host? That helps you get to host. Sure, that's what this does. Of course, this is your extra credit weekend where everybody when when they judge whatever group you're in on that on that selection Sunday, nobody else is going to have the win over Louisville on their schedule, and they go okay, yeah, that that's that's good, that works, and nobody's going to go hey, that kid was out. Nah, I don't know. You beat Louisville two out of three. You move on with your day, and you you have it. So it's a February series. Between two teams that probably feel pretty good about themselves still right now. Yeah. I Expectations got, didn't change for the Cardinals when they got back to Patterson Stadium. And probably night. didn't scream the entire seven hours back to Louisville. <laughs> no. I passed their bus on Thursday on the way. They were coming in and I was leaving town. Oh, really? Yep. Um, nice bus. Ben Bianco hit a home run yesterday. Saw that. Um, for my own sanity, thank God that wasn't when he was uh, on Saturday when he was up with two outs, two on, and a two-run game uh, in the ninth inning. That would have, have been a little bit of a bigger deal, um, potentially. I got two or three thoughts on this that okay. probably are not going to be super popular. All right. Ben Bianco coming out of high school, and again, this is all relative, he's a very good high school player. He was not an elite prospect. No. He was not a program-defining player. In fact, had he come to Ole Miss, he would have had a hard time unseating Cooper Johnson. Well, he's not even catching at Louisville. He's playing first base. Okay. Yeah. He would have had a hard time playing at Ole Miss early in his career. Yeah, he was not going to move Cole Sabowski off first base the last two years. There's no way. No. He redshirted at Louisville last year. First of all, good for him. Good for an Oxford kid that he's found a role and he's playing well. Good for him. Yeah. He has developed really well. Dan's done a really good job with Ben. Whoever their hitting coach is. Mike and Cammy, and you have to say her name too because she's the mom. She has, actually has a – they don't owe their kids to Mike's employer. And I know that 99% of people agree with this. It's a very small minority. But the 1% point. gets really vocal on this, and they're really wrong. If those kids come to Ole Miss, let's say Ben Bianco's at Ole Miss last year and he's playing as what he would have been a redshirt freshman or what would he? He would have been either a redshirt freshman or a sophomore last year, depending on. And he goes 0 for 4 in a tournament game. How miserable is that for them? It's miserable enough already when they lose, right? And everybody's talking about he chokes in the postseason, blah, blah, blah. If it's your kid out there that's part of it, it makes it even worse. Well, yeah, it's two things. There are two reasons why it makes sense to do it the way they're doing it, other than just that's what he wanted to do. Um, one is, yes, it adds an emotional element to Mike's managing that, frankly, he might not want to even have to deal with. 
I think it's, safe I mean? to, I think it's safe to say he does not want yeah. to deal with it. There's that that which it doesn't change your thought processes, but it's your kid. It's going to affect you, of course. And then you're the not going thing, to treat your kid like one of the other kids. You can't. He's your kid. You changed his diapers. It, You've raised him forever. He's part of your. He's not one of your players. He's your son. And then while it is a very very vocal vocal group or minority group, it's a very vocal vocal group on Twitter and different things. You saw this even. And this isn't Mike's kid. I mean, you saw it with Gray from time to time over the course yeah. of his three years where, hey, he's playing just because he was a Kessinger. And here's and he's an, an All-American who yeah. was the number one shortstop in the country last year. Yeah, he's an elite player. Yeah. And you saw it with him because of his name. Yeah. Got off to slow starts, and it's, well, he's just I mean, out there. He's you know, a second why round, are you not playing Sir Video at shortstop? Yeah, he's yeah. a second-round draft choice. Yeah. I mean, we're not – we're, and we're, I mean, nothing against Ben Bianco. And if he ends up playing in the bigs, man, good for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, for him. Kid. I yeah. cheer for the Oxford kids. Yeah, great kid. But the odds are he's not a second-round pick. I'm just yeah. going to go out on a limb. And if he plays his way into it, man, kudos. I did laugh yesterday. Drew Bianco yeah. tweeted. Uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, thanks, Ben. Another awkward Thanksgiving now. Yeah, um, and that's family. Yeah, and that's yeah, just, that was kind of my message board post yesterday was, now, when they get together at the holidays or whatnot, they don't have to be a baseball team. They can be a family. I'm sure that if you told Mike and Cammie, hey, you get to draw this thing out any way you want it, LSU would go to uh, Omaha, Louisville would go to Omaha, and Ole Miss would go to Omaha because it means that your kids are successful. And we'll all go eat a steak and we'll have a good time. Yeah, and then yeah. it'll be what it'll be and, and whatever. But this – it would be slightly different, and I mean only slightly. If let's what, – what's the one that LSU drew? Yeah. Let's say Drew were a can't-miss elite prospect, okay? Derek Diamond out of high school, that kind of thing where it's – Gray Kessinger or yeah. better out of high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Going to walk into your program, day one, impact, starter, <clears throat> top of the lineup, ace of your rotation, whatever. Then, if you don't recruit your kid, okay, I mean, I, I, I get it a little. I understand the people who would have angst. But if you can't see as a fan how that would change your approach to coaching, Ben Bianco gets to be one of the guys at Louisville. He gets to be one of the guys battling for playing time, riding the bus, having fun, etc. He does not get that at Ole Miss. Because he's just good enough, correct me if I'm wrong, to compete for playing time. Yeah, I mean, he's good. He's fine. He's he, he's a, he's an important piece of Louisville's team right now, especially with the injuries. Yeah. But if he gets in a slump at Ole Miss, and baseball players go into slumps, they have weeks where they just they don't look like themselves. It happens to everybody. If it happens to Mike Trout, it's going to happen to Ben Bianco. Where you just can't hit. Ball looks like a BB and you can't hit it. And you get in your head, and if that happens at Ole Miss and fans are pissy and all, it's just not worth it. I totally get their decision as a family to go, this isn't what we want to do. The best example of how it working that I recall off the top of my head, and this is different too because it's a pitcher, is Kyle Serrano pitch for Dave at Tennessee. But he was the ace of the staff, the unquestioned ace of the staff, and you're only throwing him on Friday night, and it is what it is. Yeah, nobody on the Tennessee team was going, hey, the only reason he's pitching is because he's yeah, no. the coach's he was, son. He was the best player on the team. That's And that's kind of my point. Yeah. And even easy for a pitcher, though. 
it's easier to do it with a pitcher than a position Yeah, because then it's just once a week. You hand yeah. him the ball, and he goes out there, and he throws 107 pitches, and you go get him, and that's yeah. that. It's, it's more formulaic with a, pitch, a pitcher right. on what's going on. I just get it. I, I, I think it's – when people start in on that and they start making all these other comparisons, it's it kind of bugs me a little. And then number and then here's the bottom line. If as a family that's what they decided, it's nobody else's business. Yeah, and Ben had a good weekend. Hit a home run, hit a double yesterday. Um it's good. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. You know, they didn't that's not what they wanted to do. I mean, and, I, I asked him I asked him on Thursday. I think we talked about this on Friday. We did talk about this on Friday, and I'll close here because we go to another break. You know, I asked him, I said, Hey, you gonna have dinner with Dan? You typically see him, and he goes, hey, he goes, I'm a father of a, a player now he goes yeah. he goes i want to hang out with ben when he comes home and i can't go hey your coach is coming over for dinner too i mean he goes you know so no he goes i'll see dan but of course it's not the hey saturday night come get a piece of fish with me you know so um well mike's a dad yes i'm saying it's yeah it's, it's, he's a dad I, mm. I i don't i mean the people the people who don't get that i i frankly i don't understand them i, I don't i don't know how this is not like a unanimous thing where and I know it's close, and I know no one agrees on. You couldn't get a hundred people to agree to agree on a, on on the Scott weather Tyler, that day, yeah. yeah. But man, this one's just this is this should this topic, frankly, it should be out of bounds for people, in my opinion. And it it won't be. And I know the LSU series is going to roll around, and if Drew's on the field, it's going to get all freaky for people. And it is my opinion from talking to people at Oxford that Drew wanted to go to LSU. And when the opportunity came up for Drew to go to LSU, he went. And I think Mike has taken some of the, quote, heat, end quote, off of Drew. And Drew wanted to go to LSU. Where's his dad's number? Yeah, both of his parents went there. You can't sit here and say, oh, I'm an Ole Miss fan because my family went to Ole Miss and blah, 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 and then not be willing to give the same courtesy to the Biancos. They went to LSU. Mm -hmm. They had great memories. I think they met there. They did. She was an athletic trainer. You know, so they met at LSU. That's part of their story. So, yeah, Ole Miss is Mike's employer. It's it's that's what it is. And I'm sure he has an emotional attachment to it after two After-decades decades yeah. of a program that he's built. But at the end of the day, that's his employer. Yeah. Hit a few final things. Talk some basketball in a second. We did. I'll tell you about Tyson Drugs and G and M Pharmacy. G and M six six two two three six two 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 is the phone number right there on South Lamar and. Oxford, they deliver local to your home or workplace. And the uh, the flu's still going around just because it's uh, it's February and you've had plenty of time to get that flu shot. I mean, you still can't get the flu. And a lot of people have gotten the last few weeks. So uh, go get your flu shot. Zodar copay on most insurance plans. Not to wait in line or anything. They'll get you out pretty quickly there at G&M. Again, 662-236-2222. Looking to give your employees or clients something beyond the typical koozie? Need awesome marketing swag for your client or potential customer? Dead Soxy has you covered with custom socks. What better way to personalize your company swag than to create a product people will use time and time again? Visit deadsoxy.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, click on the custom socks button, and let them hold your hand through the entire process. Don't worry about not having design skills. Just share your vision with the design team, and they will get to work putting your desire, your vision into action. Dead Soxy will create a complimentary digital mock-up of your design before any orders are placed. It's time you get customized and go custom with your friends at Dead Soxy. Uh, Southern Craft Stove and Tap, 
has your pregame and pre-concert needs covered. So whether you're headed to Oxford for the Rebels SEC basketball or baseball slate or to Tupelo for one of the many events at Bancorp South Arena, make sure you get your event started off right with a visit to Southern Craft. Conveniently located off Highway 7 and Sisk Avenue in Oxford and 205 East Troy Street in Tupelo, Southern Craft has all your Southern favorites ready to serve your hunger needs. So drop in and enjoy a curated cocktail or one of the many craft beers on tap. Also, don't forget about their catering. From private events to catering in for your staff at work, Southern Craft has your catering needs covered with a meal everyone is sure to love. So make your day crafty at Southern Craft Stove and Tap. Podcast also sponsored by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with a Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild is a Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, giving you comfort and support that will last. A lot of online brands sell an 8-inch or 10-inch mattress with less support and durability, but from the twin size to the California King, every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick. They are also American-made, very competitive as it pertains to price, and throw in the podcast discount, and it's a deal you can't beat. It's also a no-risk decision. Nest and Wild believes in their product so much, they're offering a 99-night trial on every mattress, so try it out. Sleep on it for 99 nights, and if you don't like it, you can return it. Go to nestandwild.com, order your mattress, use the podcast code REBEL20. That's Rebel20 and get 20% off your purchase. Your mattress will arrive at your door in three to five days. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi. It represents clients in more than 20 states. It has advisors in multiple states as well. Founded in 1997, Pinnacle Trust provides detailed specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. At Pinnacle Trust, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle Trust will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. Uh, The cookie-cutter financial planners don't do that. Pintrust does. Pintrust.com, P-I-N-N-Trust.com. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fee. Podcast also brought to you by in-house interior and design. 20% off to anyone uh, who secures new services, including commission or one-of-a-kind artwork, design services, new furniture, lighting, fixtures, lamps, rugs, or remodeling. Really anything that will uh, increase the value of your home. You can do it cheaper than some of that jewelry and everything you do for uh, for special occasions, birthdays, and what not as well. It also includes a new client glyph. Those typically uh, at least $400 on those new client gifts. And it's always tailored to something that uh, the person is interested in as well. So you get that uh, that delivered to you. And this gift package includes new client gift along with samples and calendars, available dates and times for the client to choose what works for them. They're uh, in Sugar Magnolia booth 34 to see, the, uh, see some dorm room options. Still giving discounts on designing that dorm room if you have a student at Ole Miss or elsewhere. And they're also on Main Street in Tupelo. So 662-681-6241 for all your home design needs. Uh, got, let's see, 45 minutes into the podcast. I'll mention Kale Baker, the uh, JUCO transfer, who uh, won the Triple Crown last year just from a sure stat standpoint. It is kind of amazing what he did at Wabash Valley. He hit 25 home runs with 101 RBIs and like a 1,600 OPS or something last year in, uh, in JUCO. Uh, he looks like Kenny Powers. He moves better than you think, though. He's not—he's not a statue out there. He's—he's he, he's got pretty good feet, honestly. He can play first base, okay. 
went four for four on uh, on Saturday. Really keyed that win. Two home runs, a double, a triple shy of the cycle. We asked him after the game what it would it have taken to get a triple, and he said they had to kick it around two or three times to to, to make that happen. But nonetheless, uh, big personality. And I tell you, he turned around a couple Miller fastballs. At, one at ninety seven, and one at ninety five. He had a changeup. He he said it was a fastball, but it wasn't. It was a changeup. He did not identify that. But hey, I'll give him a break on it. Uh, here's what's going to play. Look, he's not going to do that every game. He's going to hit some transition stuff as a JUCO. The hands work though, and if the hands work, it's going to be okay, and you're going to figure it out. What you what you don't know with freshmen and JUCO a lot of times is are their hands quick enough? Can they get to velocity? Can they can they do some of these things? And I think he showed that. So I, th- I thought that was critical for Ole Miss over the weekend. Is you know they had three JUCO kids in the lineup, and I asked Mike about it on media day on that Tuesday. And I said, Hey, you know, Juco sometimes are even worse than freshmen coming in immediately. What's your thoughts? And he goes, well, you know, we're hoping you draw it right three for three. Just one weekend. But Baker was really good. Um, five for 12, five RBIs, 12 total bases over the course of the weekend. I mentioned Leatherwood who went two for two and uh, his only two plate appearances with a ball off the wall. And then Ben Van Cleve was two for three with, uh, with a couple doubles as well. So they really got a lot out of the Juco kids. So you expect him to hit 667 all season? Yeah, pretty much. He's an All-American. Um, maybe he's the, the the new Jake Mangum. Um, maybe that's the way we're going to go here. Um, How'd the two football players do? Uh, they were fine. They both pinch ran. Nothing offensively that made me whatever. Um, they were okay. I mean, yeah, nothing. Um, so they need to get out of there and go go concentrate on football. They've had a, anything, they've, whatever. They've had just, a weekend. That's enough. Just saying they did not stick out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> One weekend. Ely started on Friday night. Games. He it's didn't start Saturday or Sunday. Um, I think Plumley might have got a couple of bats. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's hard. They're out there with guys who play baseball 365 days a year. Yes, it's hard. I think Ely's going to get a lot of opportunities. I hope see so. what it looks like. Yeah. It's what he wants to play. Yeah. And they, I mean, it was, it was fine. I mean, I have no – I mean, I, I didn't get out there and go, oh, my God, he doesn't belong. We have a problem. I mean, it's all right. Jerry Neely doesn't need spring football. He struck I, out a couple times, but it'll be all right. Jerry Neely's fine. He doesn't need spring – keeping tread off the tires. He does not need spring football. He does not need scrimmages. He's okay. got to learn the system. Well, you can learn the system. They'll bring a playbook over to Swayze. Let him look through it. Well, I mean, he can go go to film and stuff, and he can gonna have an entire summer, man. And they practice all summer. <laughs> no, that's voluntary. That is with the strength coach. <laughs> go what, are you, what are you talking? Whoa, 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 whoa! Do you not remember that twenty-hour rule that Rich Rodriguez got busted for at Michigan? Yeah, yeah they practice fifty Mark times. Emmerich. Loves that 20-hour rule. <laughs> it's like Rob Manford this morning. He's bitching at the reporter who broke the code breaker scheme. He says, you know, congratulations. You got a private letter that, you know, I sent to a club official. Nice reporting on your part. That'll boy, Rob. Ooh. Blame the reporters. That's good. Yes, that's always. PR 101, that strategy works. Yeah. You remember that whole thing about ink by the barrel? There's not even ink anymore. Got all the all the content and all the space it's you literally need. Literally infinite space. <laughs> <laughs> um a little bit of baseball news. Uh nothing major, but Connor Walsh, uh, top fifty player out of high school. He's gonna redshirt this year. I still believe in him. I, I think he's a guy that's gonna play well, but he has not transitioned uh, as quickly as he had would have hoped. 
And barring a rash of injuries or something, it looks like he is going to redshirt. So just getting that out there before I get asked about it uh, more as the, the season goes on because he didn't obviously did not play this weekend. And baseball is that good sport where you don't even have like games you can test it if you play your red shirt's gone. Right. So it's you, you got to make one a appearance decision. and that's it. I do wonder a little bit what they're going to do about the fact that they have no left-handed pitching. Uh, I, I'm not a huge left-right matchup guy at the college level. Just pitch your best pitchers. But Benji Gilbert, the freshman, is their only left-handed reliever. Um, that's odd. It's not necessarily normal. Probably um, hurt him at some point. Yeah, it's just you'd like one more. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you know, kind of need Casey to start. Can't throw out the bullpen. No. So, it is what it is. Trey LaFleur is a pitcher, but as a freshman, they want him to concentrate on one side or the other, so he's hitting and playing first base and outfield right now. I mean, I guess technically he could throw him, they could throw him in there if they, if they need to. Um, also, something to kind of watch. It'd be a lot to ask a freshman to go do. Be a two-way guy like that. Because yeah. you're not Stephen Head. I mean, again, you're right. – um, Or Brennan McKay. Uh, the other thing is – Again, something to watch. Yesterday, because of a right-hander, Mike put his predominant left-handed lineup in offensively. Well, matchup-wise, late in games, there's not much left-handed bench when he does that, the way it kind of sets up. His top bat off the bench yesterday was Gunnar Hoagland, left-handed, should he go to that. So just if, if Hoagland does grab a bat at some point, that's not a shock. He is a two-way player. He and Nikhazy both can hit. So they would both be left-handed options off the bench um, to hit. But Mike is very careful about that. He is – even more so than maybe he was early in his career, he is terrified right now of Hoagland or Nikhazy sprinting an ankle rounding first base hitting. So it will take a it will take a significant issue for that to happen, I think. Um You know, he used to he used to pinch run Bobby Wall a lot. I don't even know that he would do that anymore. Like he just he's terrified of somebody sprinting an ankle. I wouldn't. Certainly not until maybe you got it better in. matter. Well, you, if you got into a regional or a super regional or something, you were in Omaha where you're playing for a championship. But to do that in February or March would be – the risk-reward doesn't – Only bad things can happen. Well, it just doesn't equal out. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing right now. I mean, all jokes aside about the other guys, he's got dudes that can really run on the bench. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Plumlee and Ely can really run. Yeah, I mean, I – I mean, he had – I mean, Walsh is one of the fastest guys too, and he's not played right now. But from a from an elite speed standpoint – what they've got on the field at times with Sammons and Ely and Plumley as options running stand, running wise, I mean, is is as legitimate as anybody in the country. Um, so, just that. Uh, basketball, Ole Miss, Kentucky, sixty-seven, sixty-two. Catch yesterday again. Kentucky went two of twenty-two from three. Um, Ole Miss held a two-point lead at the half. Had a lead for a good bit in the second half as well. Ole Miss, I mean, sorry, Kentucky really dominated the last two two and a half minutes. Um, Brian misses the front end of two one-and-ones. Schuler, I don't know what he was doing on that possession. Um, panicked, frankly. He was trying to make a play. He saw the guy leave his feet, and he was trying to draw a foul. But he really didn't even try to make the shot. It, it wasn't was even sort of close. A flinging. No. Yeah. And you're, it's going to be hard to get that call at that situation. Well, um, no, it would have been a bad call. Yeah. Because he had verticality. Um, Devonte would have had to create contact by jumping into him. I think when he, I think he must have thought when he left, he his thought he was coming into him that he was going to jump into him and he was going to get shots. But but he jumped straight up and came mm -hmm. down straight down. Um, Brian, I mean not Brian. Uh, Devonte would have had to create the contact. Look, my opinion on this again is not going to be popular. I, it, it's there. There's there's going to be the people out there. The officials screwed him. I didn't see the first half of the game. So I can't comment on the officiating in the first half. I, I was told it was pretty unbalanced. I didn't see it. So I can't comment on it. 
thought the second half was officiated pretty fairly. Um, Ole Miss had opportunities to win that game. There was a moment in the middle of the hey, – he might have even been second part of the second half. Ole Miss was up 47-40, to 40, if I recall correctly. And Brian Tyree has a wide open look from the top of the key. If you knock it down, you're up 10. He missed it. Kentucky turned around, went on a 7-0 run, tied the game. That was opportunity one. Um, late in the game, Kermit has begged his bigs all season, crash the glass with both hands. Crash the glass with both hands. And Hadim C. gets a fifth foul. It was a bad call, but if you put your fandom aside and see it from the official standpoint two things one Nick Richards the Kentucky center slash forward had been bitching about arms all game Calipari who's doing his job is telling the officials hey watch this they're 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 pushing off they're trying to create space and in that moment live it looks like Hadim C with one is I believe his right arm Pushes Richards down. Now he flopped with the benefit of replay. And had it been an NBA game, you could have gone to the replay and perhaps called flop. Instead, I see why the call got made. It was a wrong call. I said it on the message board at the time. It was a bad call. It was an awful call. But I do see how the call got made. And at the end of it, it's still multiple occasions late in that game where it's one versus three and the Kentucky one wins it. Winning a 50-50 ball. Talk to any coach in the country and they're going to tell you about 50-50 balls. They didn't get them. And had they gotten a couple of them, they're in a different spot. But even then, on the other end, uh, Hagens gets called for his fifth foul trying to go through a screen and Brian goes to the free throw line. Yeah. Down one, you got to make those free throws. When you're Brian Tyree and you're an all-SEC guard, a senior guard, you have to make those free throws. Nick Richards went four for four from the line in the final minute plus. And Brian essentially went 0 for, went 0 for 4 because he missed two front ends. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. That's an eight-point swing in a five-point game. But even after Brian misses the front end, Ole Miss gets a stop. Down one. I remember posting on the message board in Kermit's timeout, you don't need a three here. Drive. Drive the basket. They're calling fouls. Put the pressure on them. Drive the basketball. That's an ideal opportunity to get the ball to Blake Henson, to get the ball to K.J. Buffin, and to drive. You're really thin. Column's out there. Kentucky's not going to guard Column because Calipari, I'm sure, is thinking, hey, if dude Column takes a 15-footer, okay, I'm willing to take that bet. Yeah, yeah. They weren't going to let Brian get open there. It was an opportunity for Devontae to drive the basketball. And instead, he did what he did. There's your ball game. It's not officiating. There's your ball game. One team made plays in the final two minutes and one team didn't. 
and that's your ball game. And it is, it, it was a blown opportunity. They had a real shot to get right there at five and seven in the league, get a massive RPI win, net win. Had a chance to get, frankly, winnable games to get back to seven and seven, and then go to Auburn and see what happens. Yeah, you play Auburn well. Who knows? Whatever. And now they got to go to Missouri tomorrow night, a Missouri team that just beat Auburn mm-hmm. at home. Um, Missouri doing exactly what Ole Miss is trying to do, and that's get out of that Wednesday night in Nashville. Then they get Bama at home after that. They get Bama, and Bama's really playing well again. Bama beat LSU on Saturday night. I saw some of that um, on Saturday in, in the hotel in Fayetteville. Bama's playing well. Now, I still think the game at Auburn, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this now, I think if Ole Miss can take care of business this week and find a way to win tomorrow, just win tomorrow, beat Bama at home, I think Ole Miss can beat Auburn in Auburn. This thing's not over for the people like, oh, that's it. Nope. There's no margin for error now, though. You're 4-8. You're 4-8. and eight. You've pretty much got to win out. Your only other you scenario, might one. you might could lose one if you make noise, plural, Noises. Here's your problem with losing one, though, is you can't lose to one of these duds, and then you need the good wins. So it's kind of no. The the only games you can lose, you can lose at at Auburn or at Mississippi State. That's it. That's it. You have to win the others. Yeah. You have to win the others. I don't even know what their net is today. I haven't looked. Kentucky is uh is winning the SEC right now at ten and two after the other team's losses um over the weekend. Ole Miss still is tied for eleventh in the league at this moment. I guess, yeah, I think that's right. Maybe tied for 10th, but either way, whatever. They would be in a th- in a Wednesday night game right now is what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's the situation. Their game tomorrow night's really big from that perspective. San Diego State is still number one in the net. I'm going to guess Ole Miss is in the right around 90. They're higher than that. 81. 81. With a win, they would have been in the 60s. Yeah, because they this week they jumped 12. Yeah. Just playing and losing a close game, they jumped 12. Had a chance. Kentucky goes two for whatever from three. The, the door was left open. That's why I, I can't do the officiating Oh, I think they'd be thing. in the high 60s right yeah, now. Yeah, I just can't do the whole, well, the officials got them. No, they got themselves. Basketball IQ in that moment was not good. Tennessee might could make a run back into this thing. State's in deep trouble right now, even though they did get a win on that tip-in Saturday. State's net's down to 53. Yeah in tough territory. Arkansas is at 48. Arkansas's done. That was a huge loss they for Arkansas. They lost 10 spots in the, in, in the thing. Alabama's at 36. They're actually in pretty good shape right now. Florida at 35. They're going to get in, probably. Wichita State down at 46. They've had a rough couple weeks. But anyway, just glancing. But you know, when you get chances, you got to take them. And I'm sure that's what Kermit thinks. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure they're not happy with some of it, but they had opportunities. Man, you make you make that front end and then turn around and make the back end and make Kentucky come down and score. Who knows? Who knows? Or yeah. if Devontae drives the basketball and score there with about seven seconds left, Kentucky's got to score. They're not shooting the ball well. Ole Miss played really well defensively. That's become That's become their DNA, which is what Kermit's teams are all about. Tomorrow night's a big test for them. Now that they've lost a little momentum, can they go on the road and create their own energy mm-hmm. at Missouri? It won't be crazy there. You're going to have to create some energy. You're going to have to play well. And if they do, 
They got to come home and beat Alabama on Saturday night. Ought to be pretty. I assume the baseball game's a day game. It is. You know, you create some create some atmosphere at home, and and you'll play an Alabama team that is pretty desperate too. And see what happens. Yeah, you know, I, people kept. Was it Jimmy Dykes that called the game? They kept criticizing him using the word desperate. I was like, that's exact the right word. Ole Miss is a desperate team. It had to be what had to frustrate Kermit for thirty nine minutes. They played like a desperate team, and then for one minute they didn't. Mm-hmm. They lost that little bit of edge. I mean, you got to crash the glass right there. You just got to go at. That's that's what has to frustrate him. Is is Hadim's arms should never have been at. Hadim's arms should have been vertical, going for a basketball, crashing the glass right there. And instead, they got a little tentative, and it cost them in one minute. Podcast brought to you in part by Mastercuts Lawn and Landscape from lawn care throughout northern Mississippi from mowing, edging, and weed eating. They also build whatever you need to make your dream backyard a possibility with uh, custom playgrounds, pool decks, outdoor living spaces of all kinds. So you can find a free quote at GoMasterCuts.com or get the same free quote at 662-607-7773. I'll have a mailbag up this week. It's brought to you by the Weston Jackson. You can restore serenity to your soul at Soul Spa at the Weston Jackson. You can also gather at Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro, sip on a creative craft cocktail, or enjoy their curated wine list. It's open for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and Sunday brunch at Estelle at the Weston Jackson in downtown Jackson. Also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Whether you're thinking about a golf trip with the guys, an anniversary trip, uh, whatever the case may be, thinking about summer, going to Europe, going to Florida, going to the Caribbean, whatever, get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget, let him give you options, and no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. He knows how to make a trip one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients will save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. Also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, that's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Brought to you by Oxford University Bank. OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB gives you the comfort of home, all the benefits the big mega banks provide, all the technology and products you can want, all with a personal touch. When you call OUB, you speak directly with a live person. No 10 buttons to push, no five-minute wait. What you do get is Kasasa. It's the absolute best cash checking account, and with Casasa, OUB will pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances up to $50,000 and refund ATM fees nationwide. To learn more about OUB, check out liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured. And we're brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group. They're dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown of Memphis. The firm is built on decades of wealth management experience, and they've seen it all. Their financial advisors have a reputation for professional excellence, and their clients rely on their high level of confidence and integrity so whether you need guidance on developing a financial plan creating a customized executive benefits program for your business or preparing a detailed asset allocation analysis bluff city advisory will provide forward thinking and cost-effective investment strategies customized to uniquely fit 
each client. 901-365-3447 or email ben at bluffcityadvisory.com. I saw this on the, um, <clears throat> on the message board this morning, something we're both aware of, just uh, how kind of insane this is. You see the guy from Uganda in the uh, the 5K? Ran it like 14 minutes or something? Um, 12.51. Holy shit. 12.51. Cannot imagine. Those are on roads, too. That's not, not like a track. Yeah. It's, it's unfathomable. Bill just made a good point on Twitter. Uh, Jackson Kimbrell is also a left-handed pitcher. I forgot him. Um, he did pitch. So, two, yeah, two I was, freshmen. I was thinking about him. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did forget that. Yeah, shattered the world record in the five-kilometer uh, five clocking uh, 12.51 at the Monaco Run 5K um, in the Mediterranean Principality. It's uh, running today. a four-minute mile three times in a row. Um, yeah. Maybe a little less than that. That's just unbelievable. Sprinting. More than three miles. A French national record on the women's side in 1531. Um, yeah, some dude ran it in 1327 and finished third. Dude. Barely got the podium at 1327. I had sub-13 in my mind today when my legs felt good during the race. I decided I'd really go for it. To take this many seconds off the record makes me very happy and is a great first test for me in an important season. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. 12.51. Yeah. I mean, I ran three miles the other day in about 28 minutes and was pleased. It's 4.08 a mile for 3.1. That's what it is. Not fathomable. I could literally do nothing but train my entire life, and I couldn't do that. Well, of course not. You couldn't run a mile as fast as he's running whatever he runs. Multiple ones. Yeah, no. No shot. As is in the thread, not everybody's equal. Um, talk about losing money here, just speaking of running one more time because it's just more of a worldwide story or whatever. The Tokyo Mar- Marathon has announced that their March 1st race will be closed to regular participants and open only to elite athletes because of the coronavirus. Blocking it only for people competing to win, essentially. I get it. They had previously asked people from China entering to uh, defer to 2021. So I don't know what they're doing all the way around or what, but nonetheless. So was there a Zach Evans update over the weekend? Not that I'm aware of. Oh, okay. thought you were writing about him this week. He put up an Instagram picture, apparently. Oh, uh, what did he say? Wearing an Ole Miss uniform. So that means He what? wanted some attention. It's like hieroglyphics. I don't really know what to make of that. I, I refuse to make anything of it. He's a kid. His name had gotten out of the the consciousness. So. I think he wanted to get away from attention for a little while, and now all of a sudden maybe he wants some attention again. So is he taking a visit next month? Is that what we're doing? As of now, I think he's going to visit Florida next month. It's debatable whether he has an offer from Florida or not. This is stupid. I think he probably ends up here, but I don't, you know, he's got to sign paperwork at some point. He can't sign an NLI. So Would you bet $100 on it? Yeah, I'd probably bet a hundred. Did you bet five hundred on no. it? No. No. About a hundred would be about the limit. Hundred? Yeah. I mean, I you know, if you may if you said you had to bet a hundred dollars and you have to bet where he's gonna go, 
I mean, I'd be pissed off to lose $100, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, I'd bet Ole Miss. Okay. If you told me I had to bet $500, I'd tell you, you can't make me bet $500 on what a kid does. <laughs> It'd be pretty, pretty, pretty ironclad for that one. I have, to, yeah. I have to feel pretty good about that one. The, the decision that's coming this week for sure, I say for sure, scheduled is Thursday night for Mark Britt, the four-star oh, safety. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot think, about that. I, I think it's probably Ole Miss based on what I've heard. I wouldn't bet much money on it. I would think Florida would make room for him if he wanted to go there. And then continue to get questions about Leonard Manuel and it's going to be a little while. I think any school, Ole Miss included, has to feel much better about his academic chances before you give away one of the 25. Yeah, that makes sense. Ole Miss has room. You know, they, they'll, they'll take Evans. There's no doubt that they'll take Evans if he wants to come. Yeah. But, you know, I think for a lot of these kids, not just not picking on this kid in particular, because this kid's gotten some horrific advice. I think they – they don't understand that February 5th rolls around and that's their day. And then February the 6th rolls around and it's not their day anymore. Mm-hmm. And for some of them, it's hard to grasp. I don't have a problem with Britt where he said all along, hey, I'm going to do it on February the 20th. All right. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. And he hasn't, he hasn't done a social media circus show. He's just said, I'm doing it on the 20th. I'm sure... I don't know what it is. I'm sure there is There's some some sig- significance, some to, that significance to that day, and that's when he's doing it. And he's certainly entitled to do it. I would be willing the school to school he's going to is cool with it. So I would be willing to bet that the school he's going to, whether it is Ole Miss or Florida, knows. And I would not be surprised at all to find out. Yeah, and they got his paper on February the 5th. sitting at a desk somewhere, and we'll deal with it. Just filed in a proper file and didn't announce it as a favor to the kid. Good, good enough. Yeah. Um. So I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with what Evans is doing. He can't sign an NLI anyway because he already signed one that he got released from. Yeah. Um, but if he's wanting attention, the only way to get it is via social media. And so here we are. Yeah. So. He made a post and. Yeah. All right. Uh, baseball throughout the week. We'll have some guests on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline and uh, and more. RebelGrove.com. A lot of stuff. A little more baseball coming to you. Again, basketball at Missouri tomorrow as well. And uh, not too terribly crazy far away from football also. So um, appreciate uh, you guys on the live stream, and we'll talk to you again soon.